I don't know what more you could ask for with Florida State versus Notre Dame on a Sunday night in prime time. Like, it's going to be huge, and everybody's very excited to get there. A new Irish football season is here, and for the first time in a while, it means a new Irish quarterback. Jack Cohn, Jack Cohn, Jack Cohn, Jack Cohn. Wisconsin transfer Jack Cohn takes the reins from Ian Book. He's one of the many new faces looking to lead the Irish back to the college football playoff. But will Notre Dame's strengths in 2021 outweigh their weaknesses to make that a reality? It's time to break it all down and find out. Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. It is trick atmosphere tomorrow night when Notre Dame goes on the road to Florida State to open the 2021 season. The Irish are taking care of business in South Bend today with their walkthrough and pregame mass. They'll depart for Tallahassee tonight around 6 p.m., head to the team hotel, eat, spend some time with family, and then head to bed to prepare for what they hope will be another run to the college football playoffs. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo, so glad to be with you this morning. Joined, as always, by former St. Joe High School and Elkhart Memorial football coach Coach Kevin Downey. Today's show marks our fourth season of Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays on 95.7 FM in Michiana and our second on 106.3 in Fort Wayne. Thank you for being with us here today. Kevin, usually we are doing our show on a game day and while some have already played and mostly everyone else will kick off the season today, Notre Dame, Florida State will take the spotlight as the only football game Sunday night in prime time. That really is a great way to start the season. Yeah, I think it capitalizes on the enthusiasm of a new season. And, um, man, a lot of questions for the Irish, right? Oh, I mean, a lot of questions for both, both teams, teams, right? <laughs> I mean, that, and that's the thing. It's it, it's it, That's what you get in the opener, and that's what you get post-transfer portal, yeah. post-COVID. You know, you got guys flying around. and New faces everywhere. And one of those guys on Tapping This Morning Show, we're going to hear from uh, former Irish offensive lineman Dylan Gibbons. He will start against the Irish for Florida State tomorrow night. But boy, does he have an incredible story of faith, family, and football. This summer, he raised more than $50,000 for a Notre Dame fan who has battled medical issues his whole life. An interview you won't want to miss. We will, of course, break down the matchup with Florida State today. Not sure. Well, tomorrow. Not sure who will start for them at quarterback. We'll look at Notre Dame's new defensive uh, new defense under new coordinator Marcus Freeman will break down how we think the Irish will do this season and if they can make it back to the college football playoff. And you can also weigh in on the we'll also weigh in on the player we feel will make the biggest impact on Notre Dame's season this year. Just head to uh, my Twitter poll at Twitter page at Andre Carlo cast your response to our poll question. How many wins will Notre Dame have this year? It's a simple question. Yeah. 12, 11, 10, 9 or fewer. You know, give us your vote. Let us know how you think Notre Dame will will do this year. So, uh, all right, let's let's start with the game day atmosphere. Kevin expected at Florida State tomorrow night. It won't be like last year with just ten or fifteen thousand fans in attendance. We're expecting a packed house night game, prime time. Florida State will be honoring Bobby Bowden, their legendary former coach who recently passed away. There's going to be a lot of emotion in the air. Yeah, and a lot of excitement, a lot of energy. Um, and again, with all those new players on both teams, uh, the, the atmosphere, having that echo of not had it, having it uh, last year, it's going to be exciting. Uh, but it'll also be something that they'll have to work through. Yeah, and, and you're exactly, you're going to have to work through. And one of the things Brian Kelly talked about this week was it reminded him of the, the Louisville game from two years ago where... It was pretty scary, when, if I remember. Yes, <laughs> it, it was. And Notre Dame couldn't tackle out of the gate in that game. It was almost like they hadn't tackled in a year. And in some ways, that's what happens, right? Yeah. The way you scale back practices these days, you don't tackle as much. And... Uh, I remember that was Drew White's first game at linebacker, and yep. he, he he didn't seem like he knew how to tackle in the first quarter of that game, and then he got things together, and yep. obviously we know he's as experienced as anyone heading into tonight's game, but that that's the that those are the factors that play in, and if this game ends up looking like that Louisville game, there are going to be exciting. some ner- tense, nervous moments for Irish fans throughout. 
For sure. Um, and I, I just, well, any opener, you're going to have so many different things, but you know, a new quarterback, new defensive coordinator, Notre Dame has lots of questions, let alone Florida state. Uh, I mean, they, I watched their spring game and they, they were mentioning how many uh, transfers that they had and how many, even just uh, freshmen that they had brought in in two years, they'd almost doubled the uh, people that were on the roster or they changed it drastically. So it's really, it's going to be an exciting deal. Plus, thank goodness we're back to uh, having exciting football games, a great game day atmosphere. Florida State's traditionally known for that, so it'll be good to get the chop back. That game two years ago for Notre Dame versus Louisville, you know, was scary yeah. uh, in terms of the way things worked out. And that was Kyle Hamilton's first game playing for Notre Dame, and he admits he got caught up in all of that too. Let's hear from Kyle Hamilton. It definitely felt overwhelming because I was on kickoff. Uh, I think we got the ball first, went down and scored. But my first play was on kickoff, and the crowd was pretty rowdy. Um, pretty sure it was a sellout. And just, like, looking around, got big eyes um, from the start. But then kind of got my, like, first hit in, got, got my first chance of contact in college, and then settled down from there and then made a few plays throughout the game. So I think that first play um, just helps you realize that it's still football at the end of the day and, you know, how, how to do it and what to do. You just you just gotta go out there and do it at that point. You know, we we address it prior to. Um, you know, we we show we show them what it's going to be like at Florida State and and present to them. All right, where are you going to be when when that horse runs out on the field mentally? Where are you going to be with all of that excitement and the chop and all that? You've got to get into you know your optimal zone. And so, you know, we spent you know a few team meetings already on loud videos and showing them the entrance and the tight locker room and, you know, how difficult it is in that environment so they can prepare themselves to put themselves. Look, the number one thing to peak performance is distractions. So getting those distractions out of the way so they can meet their peak performance. Okay. You can play the chop all you want at <laughs> practice. It's, it's not the same as being there and, you know, 100,000, 80,000, yeah. 70,000, whatever it's going to be, going crazy, doing that chop, the horse running onto the field. It's not the same, especially after last year when you didn't you didn't have you didn't those have that. Yeah. you didn't have those in a road atmosphere or I mean, home atmosphere, obviously the the students made it very exciting, but it was still only 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. So, you got a lot of guys, not just the freshmen. You got the sophomore class that aren't used to being in a hostile environment also. So it's it is different, and there will be an adjustment period, just like it was for us here to start yeah. our show. There will be an adjustment period for, for Notre Dame in this game, and that's one of my biggest worries, especially for that offensive line. You know, we know that can there could be a lot of yeah, miscues have, going on for the offense in that loud environment. Well, you have uh, yeah four new starters and a new QB, so whatever the signals and whatever they're doing to uh, cadence to get the ball snapped, like that could be something that comes into play as well. And then the other team has possibly two quarterbacks, so that's another variable too. And we mentioned uh, new quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about Mackenzie Milton mm -hmm. and Jordan Travis for Florida State later on, but for Notre Dame, it's Jack Cohn taking place for replacing Ian Book, who was a starter for the last three years, mm -hmm. Mr. Reliable, People wanted to get him out the door, and now we'll see if yeah, they, that was a good three years. Now we good. have uh, a transfer. <laughs> Wisconsin transfer, former starter at Wisconsin, but did not play last year because of injury, really lost out on the job as well. Mm -hmm. He beat out Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner for the job. Uh, he has started in a Rose Bowl, and, you know, that – He does have experience. He has a lot of experience, and that helps you in a game like this when we're talking about yeah, environment and, and, and environment, having a veteran like that. All right, here's what Jack Cohn, Tommy Reese, and Brian Kelly had to say about Cohn winning the job. Uh, it feels amazing. I mean, it's just a dream come true. I mean, never in a million years did I think I'd end up here after going to Wisconsin. And I'm just so unbelievably uh, thankful for this opportunity. And it's not something I'm going to take lightly. Yeah, I think Jack put his head down and worked, right? Like the most successful transfers we've had in this program have come in, worked first, and then started to, you know, figure out what their role was going to be. I think Jack earned the respect and trust of his teammates the moment he stepped foot here with, with the way they saw how he worked. He's the same guy every day. Like, you, you don't go to practice and go, who's that guy? Like, he is so consistent in terms of who he is and his makeup, um, his preparation. Um, 
I think he's even improved since the spring in a number of the uh, more detailed areas that we've asked him to. Um, and uh, I think that's the mark of a very good quarterback. How much does it help having a veteran like that in an environment like this versus the alternative of going with someone with no experience at quarterback? Yeah, like 25, you know, games that he's been in, um, in the Big Ten. Uh, he's been in some big games. Certainly, um, he's going to go out there and he's been in this environment before. That doesn't mean he's not going to have some jitters, but he's going to know how to get into that zone that, that I talked about earlier uh, that's going to help him execute and deliver um, a high performance when it's needed, right? And so uh, it's, it's very helpful. All right, look, but here's the bottom line. He's going to bring you consistency, and Tommy Reese just was like, Look, this guy's the same guy every day, and Kel Brian Kelly said the same thing. But here's the problem. He, he hasn't played in two years. So, like yeah. Brian Coming Kelly back said. back from injury the, or a new school, new people all around you. Um, there's a lot going on there that he will have some form of jitters. It's whether or not he can overcome them uh, rather quickly. But that's a factor in this. The fact that he hasn't played in two years may, is, a, is a major factor, too. Oh, I think so. I mean, again, though, his experience, you, you'd have to feel better than having a, you know, a, a real young guy in there. Um, but it's it's unknown. I mean, we right. really don't know. No, we don't. And, and and that's not to say for those listening going, well, why am I listening to you guys if you don't yeah. know? That's the bottom line. The first game, Opener, nobody knows. That's right. Nobody knows. And, and, and I'm sure, Kevin, you know, you're a longtime coach. Yeah, that's the coaches don't know either, right? I mean, you you you, you know what you, you look like against yourself in spring ball and practice and everything, but you really define yourself as a team and a player or players when you're out under the lights and when I, it's real. I still remember Ian Book having a really good spring game, and I said to somebody in Notre Dame Athletics afterwards, I'm like, tell you what, that guy's pretty good, and they're like, He's going to be a really good backup for us because they were referring <laughs> to the way he practiced and he looked in practice that he wasn't like. And I'm like, eh. yeah. he, and it turned out I was right. They were wrong. <laughs> he, he was a gamer. You yeah, know? it was a great three when years. The, when the lights turned on, <laughs> yeah. he, he could go. And sometimes the lights turn on and guys can go. And sometimes the lights turn on and they're not as good as they were in practice. All right. Now let's look at some of the guys that are going to be around the in book and the weapons that they're going to have. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, but around Jack Cohen. <laughs> See, I, I knew that was going to happen. Uh, Kyron Williams, Chris Tyree, Michael Mayer, Kevin Austin, Braden Lindsay. Tell you what, this is a this is a loaded set of weapons around uh, Jack Cohen this season. Yeah, well, the running back room is probably as strong as it's been. I think Kyrie Williams is just very, very tough. And then you have Chris Tyree and then Sebo Flemster. I mean, he, he's a really exciting player to watch. And then uh, Michael Meyer. I mean, what a freshman year. So he'll be good. I'd say for me, again, to bring the questions back into it, the wide receivers do have talent, but it'd be interesting to see their production. Hopefully they can be really good because last year, um, you know, Notre Dame's most consistent personnel grouping were two and three tight ends and only one or two wide receivers. So they're talking about them a lot in practice. Maybe we'll see more wide receiver play. Ilya Glasman, our producer behind the glass, going to give his two cents from a f from the peanut gallery. What do you think, Ian? Yeah, uh, I mean, this Ilya. is the first time in the Brian Kelly era that we could legitimately say that we have like really good running backs. I would argue that we would have the best one-two punch in the country in terms of running backs with Williams and Tyree. And uh, the wide receivers, I was listening back to that final episode we did last year, and we talked about how there was absolutely no speed on the perimeter on the outside. And this year, it's a complete 180 from what we had last year. I mean, Lindsey, as long as he could stay healthy, and same with Kevin Austin, these guys could really push down the field, and Cone brings that different type of dimension where he could push the ball downfield compared to Ian Book. Well, what you said there is a big factor. Can they stay healthy? And that's yeah. that's huge. Kevin Austin in particular, you know, this guy hasn't been able to be, be on the field. Suspended for the entire 2019 season. Broke his foot twice last year. Everyone around Notre Dame absolutely loves him. He's a Florida native. Mm. He's going to be really excited Here's Kevin Austin and Kyron Williams on the excitement of Austin finally getting his chance to show the world what he's made of. Oh, I'm very hungry and excited to get after it for sure. Like, you know, I've been waiting a long time and it's a great opportunity to finally be here and be in the moment. And so, you know, I just got to take it by, you know, the rails and just keep going with it. What's the nation going to see from 
Evan Austin once uh, Sunday night rolls around? Uh, just a lot of explosive plays. Believe that a lot of explosive plays. Man, I'm so excited because like not not everybody not nobody really knows what Kev can do. Like only people that know what Kev can do is like what people see at practice, what we do at practice, and that's really our team. So um, we all know what Kev has in store. We all we've been bragging about it since I know I've been bragging about it since I got here. Like ever since I seen Kev play football, I was like, dang, he really has it. So um, I'm just you know I'm excited. I can't wait for Kev to show his uh, raw natural ability to the whole world. All right, that was Kevin Austin, then Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams more excited for Kevin Austin than Kyron Williams is excited for Kyron Williams. And Kyron Williams gets excited for Kyron Williams an awful <laughs> bit. So it, it's cool to see that excitement. And the fact that Notre Dame put Kevin Austin in a situation where he's doing interviews in week one, yeah. that means they have confidence in the young man. They believe he is going to be an impact player for them this year because they don't often do that in these types of situations. So uh, it, it is good to see, and that's a positive. But now we got to see, hopefully, he can stay healthy and on the field, and Braden Lindsay can stay healthy on, on the field yeah. to give Jack Cohn those weapons on the outside. Yeah, they both have a lot of upside, but again, it kind of comes to what they're where they're going to do actually on the field, underneath the lights, and I don't know. I'm hopeful. <laughs> I mean, I'm positive that they're good athletes. They do good stuff in practice, and you got to start there. So if they have earned the respect of their teammates in practice, then let's hit the field. All right, those are the skill positions. Mm -hmm. The question mark on offense is the offensive line. Uh, Replacing I, four starters, that's a big deal. You know, and, and going on the road to Florida State, if mm -hmm. you're looking at it in the in the in the macro sense here, you know, obviously that first game, uh, you got Blake Fisher, a true freshman starting. True freshman. That does not happen. <laughs> I think Sam Young in the Charlie Weiss era yeah. was the last time that, that that occurred. So that that is very difficult. I mean, think about it. Mike McGlinchey was a junior when mm -hmm. he was false starting in big games. He was a junior. Liam Meikenberg was an upperclassman when he was getting those first starts. Blake Fisher is a true freshman. It, it makes a big difference. And then you have uh, a transfer in Kate mm -hmm. Madden. You got From a Marshall. lot of question marks yeah. as this team trying to be a cohesive unit, and that's going to be a big factor early on. I think in the end they're going to be fine, but it's it's what – Especially the opener, yeah. Uh, well, but again, look at the, uh, the consistency that Notre Dame program, at least recently under Brian Kelly, they keep bringing in lots of good offensive linemen. So if this guy's a freshman he's ready to start, I would believe that uh, he's going to be pretty good and that the guys that they do put forward are going to be pretty good, but they're going to be new and they're going to have to learn right away under the lights. Oh, I believe they're all really, really good <laughs> and going to be really, really good. Yeah. It's whether or not they're going to be really, really good together out of the gate. First possession. That's Yeah, first possession, <laughs> first quarter, first but If half. they do start off and get some confidence, then, man, that's great because they, they have a lot of new people. Big surprise. We're fighting the clock. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union has been serving the Notre Dame community for over 80 years. Get a debit or credit card from Notre Dame FCU and take a little bit of Notre Dame with you wherever you go. Member-owned not-for-profit banking is the way to go. Your raise share values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Coming up, Dylan Gibbons started on Notre Dame's offensive line in the regular season finale last year. Tomorrow night, he starts on Florida State's offensive line against the Irish. And what he's doing off the field has been incredible. You'll enjoy our Focus on Faith interview with him. But up next, Marcus Freeman is Notre Dame's new defensive coordinator. What can we expect from his D? That's next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Touchdown! Welcome back on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey. The Irish will have seven captains in 2021. On offense, it'll be Jarrett Patterson, Kyron Williams, and Avery Davis. On defense, Kyle Hamilton, Kurt Heinrich, Myron Tagalovoa-Mosa, and Drew White. That's the 
ties the most captains Notre Dame's ever had, along with 2017 and 2019. Let's take a look at the Notre Dame defense. Marcus Freeman, the new defensive coordinator, taking over for Clark Lee, who is now the head coach at Vanderbilt. Freeman was the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati. You know, consider a real rising star, Kevin. Cincinnati, a top 10 team in the nation this year, will be a Notre Dame opponent. Uh, he was considered the top quarter coordinator available in the nation, and Notre Dame got him. Uh, everyone says Notre Dame got the right guy to, to take over for Clark Lee. Well, he's already impacted their recruiting, um, so he's going to be really good on that front. It'll be interesting just to see the, the difference. Clark Lee was really analytical and up in the press box and kind of low-key, and it sounds like this guy's going to be on the field pretty pretty intense, so we'll have to see how it goes. Again, it you just got to see him under the lights. But, yes, he said it's exciting. It's exciting um, the mentality that he's bringing, even with some of their veteran players, too. All right, Marcus Freeman talked earlier in camp about the style you will see the Irish defense play. We're going to be an aggressive group. You know, we play man coverage. We have some zone change-ups, and we're going to pressure. We're going to try to be multiple up front, do some different things. Um, but then we're, we're big on unit strength. So each position coach, you know, really takes – and ownership of that position has done an unbelievable job, you know. And then the third thing is the fundamentals. And that's not preach is that, hey, it's not a scheme. Don't, don't feel like we're going to have a perfect call that's going to get you to be free or it's going to stop the offense. No, it's going to be executing the fundamentals and making sure that, hey, we do the, the, the normal fundamentals, block destruction, tackling, um, how hard you play, you know, getting the ball, takeaways. We do that better than as Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame's defense coordinator, hey, aggressiveness. That's that's one of the key things he, he's he's going to talk about this year. And, and that's one of the things the offensive players have talked about. Like, hey, we're not sure what kind of look we're getting from the defense. And that was interesting to hear that perspective from the offensive players talking mm -hmm. about Marcus Freeman's defense. If they can't figure it out when they're seeing it every day, that means could be exciting, that, and that means the opposing team's going to have trouble figuring it out, right? When the, when you're throwing out fresh looks at them. Yeah, well, aggressiveness, and I think you have Kyle Hamilton, so he's one of the best players on the team, one of the best best safeties in the country. Linebackers have a lot of depth, and then again, year after year, now their defensive line has actually gained depth in the recent history of Notre Dame with recruiting and, and making players. So, and and also you have Elston, who's kind of the glue that is the consistent thing that keeps it together is D-line coach. Yeah, absolutely. And, well, one of his players on the D-line, Kurt Heinisch, took advantage of the COVID rule, came back. Yeah, he's been here forever. He's been, he has been here forever. <laughs> He'll play an additional year. And I'll tell you what, any Notre Dame fan, you want to listen in right now and listen to what Kurt Heinisch has to say about what Notre Dame – defense will be all about. I'm sure Marcus Freeman was salivating when he heard Kurt Heinisch say this as well. Here's uh, Kurt Heinisch on Notre Dame's defense. We're just some some bad, violent dudes up front that know how to use our hands and we're mean and, and we're nasty and we're, we're just we're some dangerous individuals up front and that's been instilled within us from, you know, Coach Elston and, and all the way from Marcus Freeman and, and the safeties behind us. Like On defense, we're a bad, we're a bad bunch of dudes and when you show up, when we show up to your field, you're gonna feel us, no doubt. That's right. You awesome. Want to hear. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you want from your nose guard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Set the tone. Set the tone. That's what you want here. All right, uh, real quick, Kevin. You mentioned Kyle Hamilton, linebackers, the depth on the defensive line and strengths, uh, weaknesses. Uh, in my opinion, secondary outside of Kyle Especially, Hamilton. Yeah, corners and then uh, the nickel. Um, yeah, I, and they're going to get tested because even if they're new faces at Florida State, they got guys that can run and play, and you know most of the, the really good recruits for uh, wide receiver come out of Florida. All right, and, and the edge rushers, we'll, we'll have to see. They're new. They're, and there's a lot of depth. They're going to roll out like 12 guys playing in Which, this game. Which, you know, year after year after year, now having had you know the deep lines rotate in, now they do have depth, and yeah, I'm excited. Let's see what these new guys can do. All right, big thank you to Tyrac for all their support of our internship program that we run with students from St. Joseph and Marion High Schools here in Michiana. The students receive practical college-level internship experience. Helping out with our broadcast of high school football wouldn't be possible without the underwriting support from the folks at Tyrac. More tires, great prices. Visit Tyrac.com, and congratulations to all four 
of our Catholic high schools in the diocese getting victories last night. I hear the Lures victory down in Fort Wayne was as good of a high school football game last night as you'll ever see. So congratulations to the Lures on their big win uh, last night. Time for a timeout. Up next, when Dylan Gibbons arrived at Notre Dame in 2017, he quickly befriended Timothy Donovan, a teenager plagued by medical issues that was a diehard Notre Dame fan. Gibbons will start for Florida State tomorrow night, and thanks to a GoFundMe he started, more than $50,000 has been raised for Timothy. Timothy and his family will be in attendance to watch Notre Dame versus Florida State Sunday night as a result. A powerful Focus on Faith conversation. It's next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. The Golden Rule. When you schedule a financial checkup with Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, our people will be helpful and honest and kind. They will look for ways to save you money, and when your checkup is complete, they will send $150 to Redeemer Radio. For more info, visit NotreDameFCU.com elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey back with you. Unique situation coming up in this ballgame between Notre Dame and Florida State on Sunday night. Dylan Gibbons, graduate from Notre Dame's Mendoza School of Business, started the first game for the Irish in the regular season finale against Syracuse last year. Because of COVID, granted an extra year, he has two years of eligibility remaining, decided to transfer because he didn't like the answers he was getting from Notre Dame about his future and whether or not they could grant him that sixth year. He will start for Florida State tomorrow night versus Notre Dame. Now, while he was at ND, he made a friend who is a diehard Irish fan. Timothy Donovan was born with a number of medical ailments. Dylan used name, image, and likeness for the greater good. He wanted to get Timothy to the FSU ND game, ended up raising more than $50,000 on GoFundMe. Timothy is not only going to the game, but his family will now also get a lot of help with other expenses thanks to that huge money that was raised, more than $50,000. And Dylan is now being sponsored by GoFundMe as part of Name, Image, and Likeness. And Dylan has started a nonprofit called Big Man, Big Heart. Dylan takes his Catholic faith very seriously, and it's very evident how much this weekend will mean to him to have Timothy cheering him on against his old teammates. Here's Focus on Faith with Dylan Gibbons. Maybe perhaps nobody has had a more unique version of name, image, and likeness and taking advantage of it to the common good than you. Take us through what made you decide that you were going to use this as a positive for the greater good and help out a, a friend of yours in Timothy Donovan. Well, first, I got to thank you so much for having me on today. At the end of the day, it's, it's still kind of crazy to me. Um, this blew up the way it did, especially in our day, day and age right now. It just brought me so much hope. But yeah, starting with Timothy. Um, so actually back in 2017 was when I first met Timothy, actually outside the gates of my first Notre Dame game. Um, that was actually the day I got to run through the tunnel for the first time, uh, which is something I was looking forward to most of my young, young life. After that experience of running through the tunnel, um, I got to walk back up the tunnel. Um, as I walked back up the tunnel, I had my gloves in one hand and my helmet in the other. Um, and I was approached by probably about 40, maybe 50 uh, young kids and other families um, just wanting autographs or all of them wanted something from me. Uh, whether it was the gloves in my hand um, or just a few minutes of my attention, um, everyone wanted something for me. Uh, people were, were kind of tugging on me. Um, I was scanning the crowd. And I was just trying to engage with somebody, uh, not, not just a uh, kind of an A-B relationship where I give you something and you bring it home. So I saw Timothy. So I went over to Timothy, ended up kneeling down next to him. Our conversation lasted probably about 40 minutes. Um, again, I, I was pretty tired. Um, that was the first time I was actually going to be able to see my family since camp back then. And uh, I, I was very, I was very, very eager um, to learn more about Timothy. Uh, so from that moment, from the start of our relationship, uh, we've been connected. Um, that same day, my mom and his mom, Paula, um, got connected, just kind of kept me updated on Timothy's condition. So yeah, since 2017, I uh, met him back there at my first Notre Dame game. For those that don't know Timothy's story, just explain what his condition is, Dylan. Yeah, so Timothy has Charcot Marie Tooth. Uh, he's born with it, um, a disease called Bacteller, um, which affects the nerve endings in his hands and his feet. Um, along with that, he's been wheelchair, he's been, he's been wheelchair bound for most of his life, um, all of his life. And uh, what that has caused him is, uh, as you can imagine, other complications that a lot of people face. Um, being in a wheelchair like that, not being necessarily 
being able to support his upper body all the time. Um, that's left him with a curvature in his spine um, that up until this summer was at 90 degrees, uh, one portion of his spine. And uh, because of that curve, um, as you can probably imagine, it, he couldn't breathe very well. So that it caused him uh, to have a lot of fluid build up in his lungs. It ended up giving him pneumonia. Uh, he's had pneumonia a lot in his life. So he was getting pretty sick and tired of, of having to depend on outside sources to uh, uh, supply him oxygen. Um, so he wanted to get that curvature fixed. Um, so this summer he actually had it fixed. Um, at least, at least they attempted to. Took that 90 degree bend um, and turned it into a 45 degree bend. And so far he's done great. So take us through the process of deciding, hey, I want to use, you know, name, image and, image and likeness and now get Timothy to this unique environment of my first game playing for Florida State against Notre Dame, who uh, I know you still love Notre Dame and Timothy certainly loves Notre Dame and have that all come together. Yeah. So let me take you back to that night in 2017 as I met him. Um, you see, I, I left that I meet, after I met Timothy, I left Notre Dame and I went back to my house. I thought a lot about my first game the other day. I thought a lot about running through the tunnel. I thought a lot about the promises made my dad to do that someday. But something kept me from sleeping. It was, it was thinking about Timothy. You see, Timothy, uh, he has a lot of people that come in and out of his life in about 24 hours. A lot of people that will give him the world um, for, for a few minutes or a few seconds. Um, but a lot of people don't follow up with him. Um, and that's something I just analyzed um, within meeting it and talking, talking to Paula and checking out his Instagram and seeing the type of experiences he's been on but didn't seem like he ever had someone that was there for him. And at that point in my life, um, as you can imagine, being a freshman coming out of high school and coming to Notre Dame, um, I felt like I, other than my family, didn't really have anyone in my life that was there for me. So um, I was going through a rough time, and I know Timothy was too. Um, we started leaning on each other, uh, whether that was him setting, updating on his condition and how he's doing, um, little bits of inspiration through videos, or even just Paula um, telling me about how Timothy was doing or what he was up to. Um, and the same for me and my mom, um, just kind of going back and forth. So having that relationship um, throughout my whole college experience in Notre Dame and him coming to the majority of my, my home games in Notre Dame throughout my four years there uh, meant the world to me. And that was a start. And now that's how our, our relationship grew. A few months ago, I decided to leave Notre Dame. Um, one of the toughest decisions I've had to make in my whole life. But I decided to leave Notre Dame and come to Florida State. So with that process, um, I knew Timothy would be crushed. I knew he'd be very upset. I knew the Donovan family. It would be a struggle to get them here They're from Dayton, Ohio. So oh, Notre Dame isn't that much big of a deal. But going down to Florida, that's a, that's a whole other thing, a whole other uh, bag of, box of worms. So when I decided to do that, and probably about two years ago is when I started to uh, build a game plan of what I could do for Timothy uh, once I was able to use my name and likeness. Um, so once I got to Florida State, I was actually educated on how the state of Florida would allow players to use name, image, and likeness, um, even before the NCAA passed the ruling. So I started laying out groundwork. I started my MBA classes, and other than that, in football, I really didn't have much to do. Um, so I started planning out what I could do for Timothy and his family. Um, so with that, I started to go fund me. Um, and as many people know at this point from the Notre community and the FSU community, um, the GoFundMe was a tremendous success. A um, little under 23 hours, um, ended up raising $30,000. Uh, it was a joint effort, Notre Dame, FSU, and also all of college football. Anyone that the story could potentially pertain to. I, I was very excited. The Donovan family was thrilled. Um, we had even some big brands kind of step in, like Super Coffee. I never knew about Super Coffee. <laughs> I saw that I saw their, their work on Shark Tank uh, a few years ago. But other than that, I never even heard the brand. For them to come out and donate $15,000 like that, just absolutely crazy. So with that support and the support from both the communities, um, so far we've raised $50,000 to get into the game. Um, what's even more incredible than that, um, a uh, GoFundMe started to get into the game. It's turned into something way bigger than that. Um, it's, it's turned into something that's going to elevate Timothy's quality of life for many, many, many more years to come. Um, and I've been told by my family and my mom who's had a lot of conversations with the Donovans um, that this is going to be one of the biggest moments in his life, um, come down here to Tallahassee. Um, and for a company like GoFundMe to step up and sponsor me as their first athlete ever sponsored by GoFundMe. See, Go GoFundMe does God's work. Um, they don't necessarily declare they're, they're, they have religious indifference, whatever you want to call it, but they do God's work. Um, they, they set up and help people contribute to things that they're passionate about, people they want to help, organizations, wherever it may be. For them to want to sponsor me, it really meant the world, really put it in perspective for me. 
um, allowed me to see a bigger future than what I was already doing. Dylan Gibbons, former Notre Dame offensive lineman, will start against the Irish Sunday night for Florida State. He is our Focus on Faith interview guest here on the season debut of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Dylan, you mentioned God's work. How I know your Catholic faith is very important to you. How much were you praying for Timothy from that first day you met him? See, I, I've just uh, kept Timothy in my prayers. Um, see, our relationship, uh, we, we talk about what happened from 2017 until now. Um, but something we figured out is it it more our moms talking, if I'm being honest here. Um, but what's really interesting is that we actually went to our, like our first Notre Dame game together. Um, my first game was in 2007. Uh, it was a Syracuse game, and he was also there. Um, you see, that's a game that I told my dad. It was actually a snow game. It was uh, pretty miserable, if I'm going to be honest. Um, as you can imagine, one of the snow games south of Indiana isn't very much fun. Um, but we were wearing our ski clothes. We're, we're from Florida, so that's all we had. Fr- freezing to death in the uh, upper rows in Notre Dame Stadium um, before they added those additions on. I remember telling my dad that I wanted to run through the tunnel someday. Um, very Rudy-esque. Um, but at the same time, that, that was something I, I was able to do. It, it saddens me to think about Timothy's experience. Um, he got to see Notre Dame. Uh, I'm sure he got to see the grotto and touchdown Jesus and um, maybe got to shake some hands with some players. Um, but he wasn't able to tell his dad the same thing. He wasn't able um, to have that kind of same kind of hope about his future. Me and Timothy are very like-minded individuals. I, I completely uh, believe that if Timothy was in my same shoes right now and had the same platform, the same ability that I have, he'd be doing everything he possibly could every day to try to help me out, whether that be through inspiring me or something along the lines of what I did for him in the past couple of months. It's such an incredible story. Can you put in perspective what that moment will be like Sunday night uh, when you're ready to take on Notre Dame, but also knowing that Timothy's right there watching and, uh, you know, cheering you on, but maybe also cheering on Notre Dame. I don't know how his perspective is going to be on this one. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, let me start with that question. Um, He's going to be wearing Florida State. At the end of the day, even before all this happened, um, back when I decided to leave Notre Dame, um, he told me that he was a Dylan Gibbons fan and not a Notre Dame fan. Uh, Wherever I ended up, um, he'd be a fan of mine. So uh, I am very excited about that. Um, But the, the way I think about Timothy and having him in my back pocket um, I, I like to kind of compartmentalize my life. Um, for me, it's faith, family, football. Um, and to have the, those things in line, um, it, it really helps me just kind of concentrate. Um, so having Timothy at the game will definitely be able to check off a box for me um, and know that he's in a good place and he's supporting me. Um, he's hopefully living vicariously through my actions on the field. Dylan Gibbons, our guest here on Focus on Faith and Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. You say faith, family, football. I always like to say this interview segment is the intersection of faith, family, and football. So funny that uh, you mentioned that. But let's talk a little bit more about your faith and, you know, growing up Catholic in Florida and and when you're, you know, how that all ignited for you, uh, you know, as a kid and, and, and how your faith has grown as you've grown up. So I was born and raised Catholic, uh, born, born and raised a Notre Dame fan, um, as you can imagine, being Irish Catholic. Um, so for me, as I went through life, uh, I went to a lot of different Catholic schools. Um, I even started high school at St. Petersburg Catholic. Um, and I finished high school at Clearwater Central Catholic. Um, see, throughout high school, I started taking my faith more and more seriously. Um, as I entered Clearwater Central Catholic, um, I immediately joined the peer ministry program uh, where I got to help host uh, retreats and bring my peers along with me. Me being a big guy, Having a lot, having a lot of uh, strong roots in my faith, um, I was able to help a lot of individuals while I was at school there. Um, as I moved from Clearwater Central Catholic um, into Notre Dame, um, it, it was really kind of eye-opening um, to see a lot of individuals from a lot of different places uh, all engaging at a Catholic university like that. As you can imagine, uh, having people like Father Nate around uh, it really helped me um, engage my faith on a different level. The one thing I will say um, is that Mass is before games, right, on a football team. A uh, football team kind of represents all of, all of the United States, right? You have individuals, um, highly touted individuals um, from each part of the country. They're all brought to the same place to perform on a team, right? And in order to have those guys all perform, there needs to be some type of culture and some type of standard held. Uh, one of those was going to mass every week. Um, and we, we didn't require everyone to participate in mass. Um, we just, everyone respected mass. So for me as a practicing Catholic, of course, I'd go up and receive communion, um, just participate through all of Mass. 
we had some other guys in the team that you can imagine from different faiths that still sat there and respected what was going on. Um, so in my opinion, Notre Dame didn't necessarily push anything on us that, that wasn't already there. Then we anticipated that being there. Um, but for me, it was a wonderful experience, um, at least to be incorporate that in other parts of my life. Um, I'm a very self-motivated person, but to be able to have those uh, kind of extrinsic motivators is something I, I couldn't pass up on. It definitely helped me get through some tough times in Notre Dame. And where do you feel your faith is now and plays a role in of importance in your life, not only with what you're doing with GoFundMe and Timothy, but just as you live your life, uh, you know, as a Catholic that has prominence as, as a, you know, starting offensive lineman at Florida state. Yeah. So I'm sure father Nate probably, probably knows what I went through at Notre Dame, um, whether that be on the field or in the classroom, um, some of my struggles and some of my good times, uh, my faith has always been there for me. Um, whether it be, uh, uh, injuries, um, things that things that are great, like w- what happened for Timothy so far, uh, the creation of Big Man Big Heart, but it's always there. Um, so as I transition from away from Notre Dame to Florida State, that's uh, still with me. You're a graduate from Notre Dame. You have your degree, and then you make the decision, as we talked about earlier, to tr- to transfer to to Florida State. Uh, you kind of said it was a really difficult decision. Just take us through the process of, of what made you decide, okay, uh, it's time to, to move on and take that next step. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it was a tough decision, but being, being, uh, being blessed by Notre Dame to have that experience, um, being blessed with a degree um, that I worked extremely hard for and the hard work I put on the football field uh, giving max effort every day. um, No one can ever take that away from me. Um, You see, I woke up the day after the spring game, um, just a few months ago, and I thought to myself, what's keeping me here? And of course, my faith it was definitely keeping me. That's a part of it. Um, how comfortable I was up in South Indiana, um, the coaches, and how familiar I was with all the players in the locker room. So with all those being said, um, I approached my coaches with a list of five or six questions, very distinct questions asked about my future. Um, you see, with COVID-19 and everything else going on, I would actually, actually have a fifth year and a sixth year to play football. And one of the major things that happened was I couldn't get a six-year guaranteed from Notre Dame. Uh, I'm not sure why that is. But along with that and a few other questions I, I had to ask the coaches, um, I wasn't confident in my ability to stay at Notre Dame. Um, and that, that's on a, on a business side of things and just a relationship side of things. Um, wasn't enough trust there. So moving forward, I, I used some of the, the strategies um, that I learned inside my classes in management consulting in Notre Dame um, to actually find that correct decision. And then you end up at Florida State. At what point did you realize, oh, wow, we're playing Notre Dame in the first game? Oh, I realized as soon as I made the decision. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, just how crazy will it be? I mean, you kind of touched on it before, but just lining up against your buddies, uh, you'd be on the opposite side and your first game wearing a different uniform. In fact, in some ways you might accidentally, I don't know, you might jump off side just thinking you're supposed to be on the other side on occasion. It's certainly possible. The colors might throw you off. Just how, how crazy of experience do you think this is going to be for you? Yeah, I really hope I don't jump off sides. Um, <laughs> it's going to be very unique. Probably hasn't happened many times in college football, especially with being the first game. Um, so for me, I'm just going to block them like birds. Nameless, faceless opponent. At the same time, they're some of my best friends in the world. Some of those guys I'll have lifelong relationships with. Um, those were built through the, the grit and the grind and everything we went through together on the football field and even in uh, air conditioning. So those things will never be taken away. But again, what's important now is, is beating Notre Dame. Um, so I'm excited to contribute in any way, shape, form possible um, to get that done. Finally, Dylan, uh, I understand you're, you're starting a podcast. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, – I'm not sure if you saw this either, but I actually started a nonprofit called uh, Big Man, Big Heart. And my intentions for Big Man, Big Heart are to get Big Man, Big Heart representatives all over college football. Um, You see, I found many entry barriers um, into getting into um, actually setting up GoFundMes um, and trying to receive charitable donations for an individual like Timothy as a a football player. Um, This is unprecedented. It's something we've never been able to do. Um, What I'm trying to do is just encourage people to do the right thing. Um, encourage people to use their name and likeness for good. And I want to open gates that have previously been closed um, in charitable giving. Um, but I'm very excited um, to impact college football, and I really want to leave a lasting impression. Um, I believe I'm very capable of doing so, and I'm very excited to see where this thing's going to go.
That's awesome. Uh, congratulations. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today, Dylan. Yeah, I really appreciate you. And thank you for your time. That is Dylan Gibbons, former Notre Dame offensive lineman, now with Florida State, doing an outstanding job down there, raising $51,830 for his friend, Timothy Donovan. Kevin, your thoughts? Well, it's one of my favorite segments. I, I think the uh, you can tell that he went to Mendoza School of Business. You can tell that he's a smart guy, uh, but also very compassionate. And it's neat to see, again, kind of transfer portal image and likeness. Like, man, we're in the, the ever-changing world of college football. If you pay attention to it, it's kind of exciting. But what a neat guy, and, and it's neat, again, to hear people relying on their faith, and, you know, especially the uh, – the, the Catholic Mass and that everybody went to it on the team, that was pretty impressive. I didn't realize that. And then also just seeing, you know, using name, image, and likeness in, in a positive way. And yep. Timothy and his family are now in Tallahassee. They've already met up with Dylan. Dylan says they're going to treat Timothy like a five-star recruit That's awesome. on an official visit. You can learn more about the good deeds that Dylan Gibbons is doing by visiting his new nonprofit, Big Man bigheart.com up next what can we expect from florida state at quarterback our season predictions game predictions our game day sprint is next on notre dame federal credit union's Irish sports saturdays listen to redeemer radio's fall share september 14th through 17th and be inspired by stories of how our local catholic radio station is impacting the faith lives of people across our diocese then become a part of that mission by lending your support. We strive to create encounters with Christ for those who are lost, confused, or searching. Help us respond to this call and support Redeemer Radio's Fall share September 14th through 17th. And speaking of our Fall share we got a little extra incentive for Notre Dame fans. If you make a donation of $300, you'll be entered into our raffle to win two tickets to the Notre Dame-USC night game on October 23rd. The tickets are in the lower bowl, sections 21, row 11. Retail value for the pair of tickets, $650. They're going to go even higher on the secondary market. You don't have to wait until share to make your donation. You can do so right now. Just head to RedeemerRadio.com and click on the Give Now to share link. All right, that's October. Let's talk Notre Dame, Florida State, in our game day sprint tomorrow night. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey, Ilya Glasman are... Uh, producer will jump in here as well on occasion. Uh, Florida State quarterback situation. Mike Nervell says the starter won't be named until they take the field. And I don't know if they're going to have necessarily a starter. It's going to be Jordan Travis or Mackenzie Milton. Travis played against Notre Dame last year. Milton, if you're like listening right now, you go, wait, I recognize that name. Yeah, it's the guy that played for UCF three years ago. Uh, <laughs> he had 10,000 yards passing, 92 touchdowns, had a horrific injury. And now he's back after missing two years. We have no idea if he's going to be healthy or not, and yeah. even if he'll be able to play here tonight. But it another one of those Notre Dame preparing to see what's going to happen here. Yeah, two totally different uh, quarterbacks. So Jordan Travis, he is a good runner, but he also was a thousand yard passer. And then uh, the McKenzie Milton, I'd say I watched the spring game for Florida State just to try to prepare what Lily can. The um, you know, he's a short guy, but he can play. He can throw really well. Um, it'll just be interesting because they're two totally different style quarterbacks. But I guess that's a new trend, right? Two different quarterbacks and play both. Well, and that might be why they end up using both, right? Mm -hmm. If Since they're different styles. And the question is, who do they want to start with? Who do they want to yeah. bring in? It'll be interesting to see how that plays out and how Notre Dame's able to adjust to, to that situation. That could be a very difficult position for Notre Dame to be in. And I'll say this. If Mackenzie Milton from 2018 UCF shows up in this game, if he's throwing it, <laughs> and he and he's as good as he was back then, that that could be a problem for Notre Dame, a major problem if that's the case. All right, of course we're well behind, so let's get moving here. Uh, most important player to Notre Dame's success in 2021 that is not the quarterback. What do you think, Kevin? I think Tyron Williams. Um, basically, that whole running back room—they're really, really solid and strong. Well, we hear Ilya getting upset in the control room. So I guess you were going to say Kyron Williams also? Yeah, I was. Uh, I I think the defense is going to be a step ahead of the offense this year just because of how much uh, or the lack of production has come back offensively. So I think Brian Kelly is going to rely on Kyron Williams a lot tomorrow night. I'm going to say Kyle Hamilton. Here's the reason. If Kyle Hamilton gets hurt, Notre Dame's secondary is going to be a mess. 
So that's why, in my in my opinion, he's called the eraser for a reason because he's that important. All right, how does this game play out, and what is your prediction, Kevin? I think it's going to be close. I think uh, it'll be Notre Dame 21, Florida State 14. Okay, real close. Ilya? Uh, I see this playing out like the Louisville game. I think it's going to be close in the first half, probably around like a touchdown difference at halftime, but I think Notre Dame settles down, pulls away in the second half, 37-20 Notre Dame. All right, I'm going to go with 31-20 Notre Dame. I'm kind of in the same ballpark as you guys, thinking that this game is going to be problematic. I fear a bunch of offsides, uh, false start penalties against the Irish, and, and, and that type of things. All right, here's Notre Dame's schedule. Florida State, Toledo, Purdue, and then it's number 12, Wisconsin at Soldier Field, number 8, Cincinnati, on the road to Virginia Tech, number 15, USC, number 11, UNC. They're going to drop. They lost to Virginia Tech last night. Then Navy, Virginia, Georgia Tech, Stanford to close it out. Kevin, how many wins are you predicting the Irish to have this season? Well, it's a Catholic radio station. No, they could go undefeated, man. They really could. All these other teams are question marks, too. If if the one of the top ones was UNC and they got beat by Virginia Tech and Wisconsin. Are you going with 12-0? Yeah. Yeah. 12 and 0. It's first game. He always does 12 and 0. Go ahead, Ilya. Yeah, for me, um, I'm dedicating this season to my step grandfather, Tim Holtz, um, who tragically passed away last night um, after a long fight with cancer. Um, and he's the only reason why I'm such a big Notre Dame fan. He took me to my first ever Notre Dame game in every single athletic event. So for him, I'm going 12 and 0. This season for me is dedicated to him. So. Well, and that is a very good reason to pick 12-0, and and uh, prayers for your family, and I, I know how much your grandfather has meant to you. Uh, the fans, by the way, voted 36% said 10 wins. That was the top vote-getter in our poll. I'm going with 10-2 and two as well. Losses to Wisconsin and maybe at Virginia Tech based on their performance last night. All right, that'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, Ilya Glasman. For Kevin Downey, I'm Andre DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Florida State in primetime Sunday night. We'll, of course, be back with you next Saturday at 9 a.m. here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We close our show the same way the Irish close, in prayer. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary our Lady, May we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. This is Leonard DiLorenzo, host of Church Life Today, a production of the McGrath Institute for Church Life at the University of Notre Dame. On Church Life Today, we talk with pastoral leaders and scholars about some of the most important theological, social, and ministerial issues in the church, digging deeper than sound bites or hot takes. If that sounds good to you, join us on Mondays during the noon hour right here on Redeemer Radio, or pick up episodes wherever you get your podcasts or directly at spokestreet.com slash churchlife.